Welcome everybody to Keyword Crypto. This is Michael, and I got some stuff to say this week. It's been an eventful week. We're in the midst of a potential sell-off. Are we heading into a bear market? Who knows? Do I care? Not at all, because I am not invested more than I can afford to lose, and I hope you are all in the same position. Um, yeah, you know what? It's it. Red days are scary. Red weeks are scary, and uh, the potential of a of a mini bear market, you know, like a few month pullback, that's that's pretty scary for people. But at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta ask yourself this: If I walked away tomorrow, and you just like didn't look at at my portfolio and didn't go on Twitter and didn't do any of that stuff. Would I freak out? Would I lose my shit on a daily basis? And if the answer is yes, you probably have too much invested in the in the crypto space. And you may want to reevaluate how much you have in there. Cause at this point, if I just walked away tomorrow, I might get I might get the occasional twinge here and there, pang to to check it out. But at the end of the day, I'm like, the stuff I'm I have, I I feel confident it's gonna be around in five years. So that's kind of where I am emotionally, and I hope uh, everybody's able to come. Everybody is able to come to grips with with uh, their own emotions with uh, bear markets because it's so easy to to feel bravado and invincible during a, a bull run, um, and. It's scary. I mean, it, it can be scary. Like this last week, I'm not going to lie, it's been ridiculous. So I went from, you know, X amount up 50% in two days and then lost, you know, 30% in one day, back up 15%, down 20%. Now people are like, oh, yeah, you know, big swings in crypto. I'm talking about my entire portfolio, not one or two cryptos in my portfolio, literally my entire portfolio going in, in, you know, 40% swings in one day. That, it, it can be a little overwhelming, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm not, it's, I'm not going to change anything because I'm confident. I, and I did make some changes because I realized there were certain things I wasn't confident in. I think that's the good thing about a bear market is it really test, tests my resolve with the cryptocurrencies I have my money in. And when they're green, it's like, oh, yeah, these are amazing. I, I totally love this project. And then when it's bread, I'm like, this project is ass. Not... Um, the actual project ass that's like making everybody a bunch of money on BSC, not that ass, but like, you know, crap. So I, I, I cut loose a lot of stuff. Um, not a lot of stuff. I cut loose like three things. Um, one of them I actually really believe in. I just, for whatever reason, it's been the bane of my existence. It's Ava, um, which apparently it is Ava, not Ave, not Ave. Apparently it's Ava, which is like, the Swedish word for ghost or something like that, or I don't know. I, I, I heard that somewhere. So I'm just going to say Ava from now on. I have a lot of faith in the project. I use it on Matic and I'm going to get to that, 
but for whatever reason, I have like this love hate because no matter what entry point I get in, I immediately lose 20% every single time. So I've kind of like just made my peace with, I'm going to use the website. I'm probably just not going to hold the cryptocurrency, even though I believe in it. And I think it's great. I just, for whatever reason, I actually have a couple of Avogaches, Avogaches, um, I, for whatever reason, it's just, it's one of those things. And I've, I've, you know, maybe you have a couple of those in your portfolio or that you would like to hold, but for some reason it just never works out. You know, Bat is like that for me also. I saw an ad or a, a, a um, an article a couple months ago about Bat. I'm like, ooh, that looks bullish. So I grabbed some. It tanked 15%. I was like, fuck. It got stopped out. Gone. Three weeks later, it's up like, you know, 150%. I was like, god damn it. So I buy in again, down 20%. It's like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> so Bat and Ava. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> Looks like uh, you know, I'm a Gemini and you're a Virgo or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know who's compatible and who's not. But apparently they're not compatible with me, so I'm just jocking it up to a loss. Um I'll have fun staying poor with those two, without those two. Uh, speaking of Ava, um, well, you know what? Let's let's start off with Ethereum. Good old Ethereum. Good old Ethereum that had a hard fork that ended up making fees triple. I went from paying, you know, fifteen dollars on a good day or on a good night when it went at low gas time and. All of a sudden, it was $100 to <laughs> buy something. I was like, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe it'll get better. No, it got worse. It just kept getting progressively worse. I think it started like at $58. I was like, I'll hold off. And then it was 70 And then the next day, it was 100 I was like, okay, you know what? I'm officially moving everything over to Matic and BSC and testing out uh, Terra Luna. Because I... And this is this is my love hate relationship with Ethereum. So somebody asked me um, regarding the last episode. They're like, "Dude, do you just hate proof of work?" I'm like, eh, "Kind of." I mean, if anybody hasn't listened to this to, to this show before, I'm a pretty big fan of Nano, and that does a little bit of proof of work every single transaction. So obviously, I'm not against proof of work. I think I'm against proof of work in terms of um, if someone's rewarded for their proof of work financially. So like with Nano, you don't get any reward for doing the proof of work. The proof of work is how, you know, they they try to prevent spam um, versus like Bitcoin and Ethereum and all that. Everyone is doing, you know, actual proof of like there are proof of work chains. People are using a lot of money to buy a lot of hardware to mine the currency for the reward. So it ends up being a race to the bottom of who can find the cheapest energy and who has the most money to buy the most miners. So I'm going to put a pin in that because <laughs> that's a whole other discussion that I want to talk about since... Yesterday was Earth Day or two days ago was Earth Day. So I'm going to put a pin in that. 
and get back to Ethereum and be like, and, and say, hey, Ethereum people, maybe you don't care about poor people. Maybe you don't care about the planet. Maybe you don't care about finance. Maybe you don't care about, I, I feel like, and you know, and Ethereum people haven't really made this their narrative or talked about it. Um, but honestly, it just feels like Ethereum is rebuilding the banking system that all the original crypto people hated. Like all the, all the cypherpunks and all the people who, who were trying to create digital currency because they hated Wall Street, they hated bankers, they hated banks, they hated fees, they hated this. They hated, It's just like, so they're like, yeah, we want to decentralize money that nobody else can control because we don't like Wall Street and all the rich people. And then ETH came along and pretty much just rebuilt the entire banking system. Yay. And I say that because as fees get astronomically high and all these new projects keep launching, their initial their initial goal is to launch on Ethereum because that's, you know, quote unquote, the biggest chain that you can launch stuff off of because, you know, Bitcoin's useless in that sense. Bitcoin slam. Um, you know, so it's like if... I think the the goal is like you want to have a the the biggest rollout possible with as much fanfare as much people bidding on on your white you know on your on your you know your initial drop of tokens um you want to create like hype around it so it'll take off because if you're a dev you have a percentage of um the pre-mine as bitcoin people love to talk about um you're taking five percent for yourself, ten percent, whatever, whatever, is, whatever the dev uh, proportion is, and obviously they got to pay themselves for the next three, four, five years. Like the, the goal is to not just make it through a bull run, but to also make it through a bear. And the few projects that actually can make it through a bear run and and plan accordingly and spend accordingly, those are the ones that have a really good shot of making it in the next season. And we're seeing that, you know, with, with Ava and S, uh, Synthetics and just a lot of projects that were kind of like launching two or three years ago that just kind of like really hustled and, and dug deep and and did all the work. So that way, once the bull market hit, like bull run started to hit, started to hit last year, like they were, they were poised right there to, to really capitalize on it. And good for and good for them. Good for the devs. You know they work they work their ass off and they deserve that. The problem is, and I've noticed this a lot with polka dot projects, and I fucking hate them so much, and I won't even waste my time anymore on the whitelists. You know they're asking us to do all this stuff, retweet, like, tag three people, blah 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 blah. Um, you know, like their medium post, do this, do that, and. Uh, and they and then they launch on Ethereum with $100 transaction fees or $60 transaction fees. So you're pretty much eliminating any poor people from being an early investor. Right? Cuz I want to get back I want to get I want to get back to the reality of the United States of America is that pre-COVID 
the average person in America, average, so the majority of people in this country, didn't have $400 in the bank in case of an emergency. So they don't have $400. They sure as fuck can't pay $60 to $100 transaction fee to buy some fucking new, you know, whitelisted coin or, you know, like like new, new, new dropout that's going to be on Polkadot that's dropping on Ethereum. I mean, we got to be realistic of, of the ecosystem we're creating or Ethereum is creating for itself. Sure, you can say like it's, you know, the gold standard of of chains now because pretty much everybody wants to launch off Ethereum. But all we're really doing, it seems like, is just kind of having all the rich people wash trade on Ethereum. They, you know, they buy the new project, they pump it up the first couple of days. For all the people who didn't get on the whitelist, they sell the top on all those people. It drops down, you know, 50, 60%, 70%, and then crabs for the next few months, hope, hoping, and everybody who bought the top is just kind of hoping it'll, it'll go back up. I mean, you can say, well, you know, people shouldn't buy the top. Okay. Well, I mean, sure. But like, if, if you didn't get in the whitelist and you, and you, and you really want to kind of get on a project, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, they're the ones pulling the trigger. It's their fault. But I also feel like it's the idea of, and I, and I can't get past it, the idea of wealthy people taking advantage of poor people or new people, people who are new to the space. And it's just like, do I want to stop it? No, because like that's centralization. I don't, crypto's crypto it's crypto's decentralized and that's how it should be because that's its ethos and but at the same time it's like in my mind cryptocurrency was all about building a better system you know building a better financial system not one where rich people take advantage of poor people by dumping on them so i've you know i've never really heard ethereum people like spouting the you know we're changing the world we're helping poor people all that stuff i don't don't really hear that i hear that i hear bitcoiners try to claim that with their hundred dollar transaction fees but but you know i don't really hear that in ethereum so i guess i don't i'm not call i obviously not calling anybody out because like i think it just is what it is but it would be nice so okay so that said i'm like Okay, so stop using Ethereum or stop using layer one and start using layer two or or, or a side chain. I, I don't I don't really know what the hell Matic is. I know XDI is a side chain. Uh, I probably should have done that research. Oops. Um so I've been testing out Matic because they had a Yeah, I'm afraid to tell it, but I but I don't wanna it's this whole thing of like, you find this cool new band and you want to tell everybody how cool it is, but at the same time, you want to kind of keep it to yourself because you don't want to like blow them up and then they get all famous and they sell out and then their entire sound changes to like some poppy bullshit garbage, kind of like Taylor Swift or whoever. 
I'm just, I just, that was the first name. I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Sorry if you're offended. Um, and I kind of feel like that's how the DeFi community is on Twitter, where they're all bragging about their massive gains. And when I reach out to any of them and say, hey, you know, can you show me how to use it? Crickets. Nobody wants to explain how they're making all the money. Why? Because the more people that start doing it, those APYs start dropping. The more people know about it. So it's this kind of thing of like, I don't want to tell any of you, but at the same time, you're all going to find out eventually. So I might as well be the one. Um, and as a surfer, that's kind of like the unwritten rule. You never tell anybody about a secret spot. If you find like a, a surf spot, you just don't tell people because um, you don't want to blow up the scene and like have a million people there and you just never get waves again. Okay, so where I'm on that, I'm on um, Ava on the Polygon network, which is the Matic network. It's now Polygon. And they have, if you've been on Ava, it's, a, it's like a borrowing and lending platform. So you stake some stake some uh matic or you stake some die they have usd coin usdt wrapped eth and wrapped bitcoin so you stake that and then you can borrow so you stake that they give you an apy on it and then you can borrow against it as collateral any of the things that they list they're doing a special right now i think for like a year where they give you added APR on top of that in Matic. And, uh, you know, so that's, so it's, it's to the point where you, you can borrow against, against what you've lent to Ava and actually make more than you owe over time so it could technically kind of pay itself off it would take a long time but you're getting so much matic in exchange like uh, as that bonus your lend amount is actually increasing faster than your borrow amount and usually it's supposed to be the exact opposite normally no bank is usually going to let you borrow more let you borrow money at a cheaper rate than they're giving you interest for for keeping your money there, right? So, perfect example. So on Matic, the deposit APY is 2.48%, and the borrow APY is 6.94. That's pretty normal. The borrow rate's always going to be higher than the lend than the deposit rate. That's just basic banking. No bank could survive if their borrow rate was lower than their lend rate. Um, but you can get the, you can get this extra bonus of 9.65 deposit APR in Matic and 21.63% APR for borrow. So if you're borrowing, like their borrow rate is 6.94. That's the percentage that gets, that the money you borrowed increases at. So every day you got to give back more and more and more. Um, but they're giving you free Matic at 21.63% and that kind of offsets. So the money that you borrowed is actually shrinking over time, even though you're not paying it off. Or you can just 
take that extra extra reward and put it into your deposit, and then your your deposit increases faster than the borrow increases. It, if you aren't familiar with this stuff, it's very confusing the first time. And to make it even more confusing, if that wasn't hard enough, if you if you haven't like completely zoned out and like um, smashed your Tesla into a tree while you're sitting in the back seat. <sighs> Poor guys. I shouldn't make light of that. Two guys died doing that. <sighs> it's, I don't know. So the deposit is APY. And the borrow is APR. So I was talking with people online on Twitter and they're like, oh, you know, so you got the deposit, you got the 2.48% plus the 9.65%. You know, so you're really getting 13% or 12%. And I was like, eh, that's not how it works. First off, the extra 9.65 bonus, that's in Matic. That's not in in whatever currency you're staking. So if it's Matic, it's it's if you're if you're depositing Matic, it all kind of makes it a lot easier to figure out. But if you're depositing something like DAI. You're getting, and I put in $1,000, I'm getting 2.37% on $1,000. And they're going to give me whatever X bonus in, in Matic. But Matic is $0.30. Cents. And so you can't add those two percentages because one's, one's based on a dollar and one's based on $0.30. Cents. So you can't add those two. So a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's, it's 12%. It's like, no, not technically. That's, you know, it's if you're borrowing, if you're, Lending die and borrowing die, it's that's not you can't do that. And then on top of that, the deposit APY the deposit's APY, but the bonus matic is APR. <laughs> and they don't tell you what the APR is based on. If it's if it's take if it's daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. You know, because the APY is what you would make after a year. If you kept that thousand dollars in for a full year, the APY would be like so. It's at if it you know you get two percent, so whatever that is, that's what you get at the end of the year. But the APR, who knows? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't tell it doesn't say what it's at. It might be somewhere deep in the in the in the notes in the show notes in the in the fact page or whatever. But I couldn't. I dug a little bit, but I couldn't find it. Um, hold on. Oh, see, <laughs> learn something every day. I dragged my mouse over the bonus APR, and a, and a screen just popped up. And I don't remember it being there before. Maybe it got changed. Maybe I just never really left my my, my cursor over over that uh, bonus APR. The bonus APR is what you would earn during a one year period. Okay, so I don't know what the borrow APR is. If that's over the course of one year. Or if it's done weekly or monthly, so there's all these different things you got to kind of figure out. And and if you're going to use this, just be careful, right? And another thing I was thinking is, it's like I don't want to. Okay, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to give financial advice. So I was going to say what I did, but I'll just say what I did. So to make it easier, because my brain cannot seriously figure that out is I staked Matic, I borrowed Matic, and then I went to a different um, 
a different website and exchange that Matic for USD and then stake that USD on curve, USDT on curve. Because I didn't want to deal with uh, lending one asset and borrowing a different asset against it. This way I just knew it was all going to kind of work out in the end and I just didn't have to think about it. So, um, so curve is now on Polygon as well, Polygon Medic. They only have one pool, and it's a stablecoin pool, which, hey, just in time for the bear market. So they give you a base APY, and they also give you bonus Matic. So if you're interested in any of this kind of DeFi stuff and learning about it, but ETH scares you away just because the fees are so astronomically high to do anything, especially when you have to do like on Curve, you have to do like three transactions just to do one thing. Um, that can end up being like, you know, three or $400. And then if you're only putting in a thousand bucks, you've already lost 30% of your, of your money after five minutes, which I learned the hard way with bow. So if you're interested in all that kind of stuff, that's a good, um, way to learn about it. And there's a bunch of bridges. So if you have money on BSC, you can bridge it over to Matic. If you have money on Terra, Terra Luna, you can bridge it over, I think. And then, um, yeah, you can do that. And then also XDAI, they have a bridge. And then also there's a bridge to Ethereum. So there's a, the bridges are kind of coming out like wildfire. Uh, and you can pretty much go anywhere to any network relatively easy. And, if, and as long as Ethereum isn't involved, relatively cheaply too. So if you really want to test out a different um, chain and you don't want to go through Ethereum and you're a U.S. citizen, you can buy um, the cheapest asset to move, whatever that is for you. Um, I feel like Bitcoin or Ethereum is probably going to be the cheapest because they usually have a pair on other exchanges. So you won't have to do like another transaction and change it to something else. But just check it for yourself. So what I did was I bought something. I sent it to KuCoin, converted that to BNB, sent the BNB to the BNB wallet on Chrome, on Google Chrome. And then you can send it to yourself again on that same wallet, on that same app to the BSC, BSC version. And it automatically switches it to a different to the to the new network for you from ERC20 to BSC. And then you can send it to and then you can now use that BNB on BSC without having to like go through Ethereum or go through Binance or go through any like cause it's cause technically if you're a US citizen it's it's illegal to use Binance. Um so this way you don't have to break any laws. It's just the, it's just available and it's cheap and it's lightning it's really fast. Um so if you want to test out and then once you're there you can easily get money over to matic through a bridge without having to go through ethereum and spend a fuck ton of fee fuck ton on fees um so yes so that's my experience on on matic you know it's still very very young i would love curve to have a couple more um pools because i you know like an Ethereum pool or something like that, but whatever. It's it. I think it literally just launched like a week ago, maybe. Um, 
but it's exciting. It's exciting that um, we're, we're kind of seeing what layer two is going to be like on Ethereum. And if this is what it's going to be like, if this is like, this is a really good taste. If, if this is just a taste of, of what's more to come, I'm happy because it's fast, it's cheap and, and it works relative. I mean, I haven't, I think I've only had like three, um, uh, transactions like not go through. So even when they don't go through, you know, it's like a fraction of a penny. It's like one hundredth of one penny. That's how much transactions cost. So that's pretty damn cheap. Um, and then if Ethereum were able to go proof of stake, you'd kind of have it all. You'd have a, a cleaner energy, you know, green, a, a, a less energy intensive chain as your base, and then a bunch of really fast, cheap um, side chains and layer twos. That would be pretty pretty good. So then I tested. Um, Anchor, which is that runs on Terra Luna, and they have an option of borrowing and lending. So I've, I'm just interested in this because I've been listening to a lot of rich people, and uh, the common thread is we don't ever sell. And I'm like, oh great, must be great to be rich, blah blah. And they're like, no no no, you're you're missing the point. Is we don't sell we borrow against our assets. And as a guy who has been in debt a lot with credit cards, to me, that's just like anathema. I'm like, what? No, no, no. But it kind of makes sense if you understand how to do it in a way where, you know, like if I borrow Matic, if I put Matic in and borrow some Matic and convert that to USD and that Matic kind of pays itself off because of that added bonus for the next year, it's almost free money. And I hate, hate saying that. But it's almost free money because if uh, if the price of Matic goes down, I don't get get blown up because I didn't borrow USD from Ava. I borrowed Matic and then moved it off somewhere else and, and converted it. So I'm, I'm paying back the Matic no matter the price of Matic. Now, if it goes up in price, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm personally losing money on the increase in the price of Matic. But if I'm doing it to pay rent or buy something and instead of putting it on a credit card, you know that, that can be potentially good. Potentially. So we'll see. I, I'm gonna I'm still on the fence about testing that out just because if we're going into a bear market, I don't know. I'm on the fence of like really testing that out. About about taking a loan against it and then having it drop down and then kind of like seeing how that plays out. Um as somebody who didn't grow up with money and grew up kind of poor, experimenting with this stuff is is like makes every single one of my spidey senses tingle because I'm just in the past, this would be, you know, danger zone. Just don't do it. But now it's a whole new world. So, okay. Anchor. This process is a fucking nightmare. So unless you really are using money, you could just light on fire tomorrow 
and be fine with, I wouldn't use it for now. Just because I I don't hold Luna. I missed that boat. You know, somebody told me about it back in no, October or November, and then it went up, you know, 500%. So I never really got into it. So it's not something like ETH that I just feel like I'll, I would hold forever. Like have some ETH, hold it forever, be fine. With these other projects like Solana and Avalanche and Terra Luna, I'm, you know, it's, I'm on the fence about being too deep into any of them just because no matter how good they are, if they don't end up getting the network effect, I'm just out that money. So I tend to trade stuff against Ethereum and track it against Ethereum since Ethereum's, you know, the biggest of them all. And if they're doing well against Ethereum, sure. But if they start to tank against Ethereum, I'm like, there's just no reason for me. Like, why would I hold it if Ethereum is outperforming it? With Anchor, it says, oh, stake some, stake some stuff and you can take out a loan. And the loan will pay itself off. <laughs> that's, that's their claim to fame. So I got some. So they use UST. UST as in Tom. That's their stable coin. And so I got some and I moved it over there. And then I was like, oh, I can't do anything with it. <laughs> I can deposit it and earn 20% interest on it, which is, you know, that's solid. That's a solid interest rate. But I can't take out a loan against it. So I, so I deposited it and I was like, why can't I take out, why can't I borrow anything? I said, oh, because that's not, that's not the collateral they're asking you for. The collateral they're asking you for is B Luna. Not Luna, B Luna. <laughs> so to get that B Luna, you have to there's there's four tabs. There's the earn, borrow, bond, and govern. You gotta go to the bond tab. First you gotta buy Luna. But here's the thing. The cool thing about Terra Luna is you can do anything with any asset. So I didn't have Luna, I only had UST. And Luna is like Ethereum, like like that's kind of the gas of the network. But you can use any you can use whatever you're holding, it'll just take a fraction of that out and that'll and that'll pay for the gas. And I was like, "Oh, perfect." So I had some Luna or I had some UST and I deposited and withdrew and blah blah cuz I I realized I couldn't borrow against that. And I just kept on taking a little fraction of that off. To pay for the gas. It's like this is this is actually kind of cool. This is this is my biggest frustration with Ethereum is like, you know, I sent I sent some chain link to a friend and I forgot that they have to now go buy ETH to be able to do anything with that chain link. Like they couldn't send it anywhere because they, they didn't have any Ethereum. And it was like they're like, this is the stupidest thing. Why did you give me this? And now it's like 10x, so you know, they're they're thanking me. But um it is very, very annoying with Ethereum to do that. And with Matic, oh my God, on Ava, I would stake Matic and my initial thing is just hit stake everything. So I'd stake everything or, or deposit everything in there and then I'd go to borrow and it's like, oh, you don't have enough Matic. I was like, fuck, Matic is the gas. <laughs> and I did it like 
fucking seven times, I shit you not. Because I have two different wallets. And luckily, thank God, I keep like half of a, of a Matic in that other wallet. And so I had, I've had to send myself Matic like seven times. And luckily, it's, it's super fast. And because gas is like 0.0001 Matic, it's not that big a deal um, to send it back and forth. So that's annoying as hell. So when Anchor was like, oh, you know, you can do everything with, with UST. It's like, okay, great, cool. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll convert my UST into Luna. Oh, so, so the bond, so <laughs> the bond page, you have to, I want to bond Luna and mint B Luna because B Luna is what you have to stake to be able to borrow UST <laughs> off of that. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck what but that took me like forever to figure out um so i went to TerraSwap, which is like their version of uniswap i was like okay i'll just buy some luna uh that's the one thing you can't buy with ust you have to actually have luna gas to be able to do any transactions on TerraSwap. what the fuck <laughs> so I send the UST back to a centralized exchange that has, to, to KuCoin, that, that has some Luna. I buy some Luna. I send everything back over. Make the change. Deposited some Luna into the bond. Minted the B Luna. Moved over to the borrow. Deposited the B Luna. Borrowed the UST. Staked the UST for 20%. A, uh, APY long nightmare then the bear market hits and as I I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bear market I take that back not a bear market let's not jinx it maybe it's just a, a week long cooling down period so that's that starts like yesterday I was like uh, and I'm, I'm evaluating what, what I want to keep and what I don't want to keep what I, what, what I you know, what I don't mind sitting through a bear market with in my pocket and then what's just going to constantly make my skin crawl that I'm holding this this thing, if you know. And Luna was one of them. Terra Luna was one of them. I was like, I don't know anything about this thing. And I don't know if I want to hold it through. If we go into like a three-month bear market, a three-month pullback, that's not a bear market. It's just a pullback. Let's just, let's just be positive. If we go through a three-month pullback, I don't know if I want to hold like 20 different assets versus just holding like five. So I was like, all right, you know what? I tested it out. And also, okay, so here's the thing about the borrow. It gives you an APR bonus. So like I'm... I'm I am being charged 34% APR on the UST I take out. That's a lot. That's like credit card. That's like higher than credit card standards. But they do this magic thing where they take your staked and they do stuff with it and they stake it nether stuff for you and they make um, some profit on that and they give it back to you as ANC they gave you they gave you a bonus of ANC, which is the anchor protocol token. 
and that ANC is valued higher than right now. Like the return that they give you in ANC is higher than the borrow APR. So they're giving you back 96.37%, which is obviously higher than 34%. So the net APR is positive 62% right now. So feasibly, the money you, you borrowed, that APR would pay it back itself over time. But you have to constantly be going in and, and taking that ANC that they that they give you as a reward, sell that, convert it to um, Luna, bond the Luna, convert that to B Luna, and then pay back, or no, UST, sorry, UST. You have to convert it to UST, send it back, pay back the UST loan that way. But it, but it pays itself off feasibly. Right now it does, but we don't know what's, I don't, I don't know. Anchor launched like a month ago or two months ago. So nobody really knows how this stuff is going to hold up during, during a pullback. (laughs) Let me be positive, a pullback. So it could totally fucking all go red and everyone gets blown up and loses all their, all their collateral. Who knows? I don't really want to be the one to test that out. So I'm like, you know what? This is one of those ones I don't feel comfortable holding during a pullback. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out of this one, keep my stuff in Ava. So to get it back, I have to burn the B Luna, and Luna magically comes from that. But it takes 21 days. I'm like, oh my. God, dude, I didn't, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw it. It just didn't really register at the time because there was so much hopium flowing through me with the green, with the, you know, all the green candles. And I'm like, ah, oh, 21 days. It's nothing. We've been in a year long bull market. You know, this two, what's 21 days. But now that it's red, I'm like, uh, so they have a burn that takes 21 days and they have an instant burn, which happens instantly, obviously, but the instant burn is going to cost $50, which is an Ethereum fee. <laughs> I could have just done it all on Ethereum and saved the money or spent the same amount of money. So I'm letting it burn right now and I'm just praying that it doesn't tank more than $50 you know, the value of, of, of the Luna that I have in there, the B Luna that I have in there. And, and I'm hoping it'll, it'll all work itself out. If not, if it starts to tank, I'm just going to bite the bullet and pay the 50 bucks. Um, and then you got to claim that and then you got to go convert it somewhere. And, and, uh, so yeah, it's a little, it's, it's a little overwhelming. And I always tell people when I interview people, like, I kind of think of, like, if I'm trying to explain it to my mom. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want our parents and grandparents and our children and whoever to be able to just hop on here and do this. Like, future of France, right? Sorry, Twitter joke. Stupid. Um, This is the future of finance. So, I know, and I know it's early going, and I know people are just, like, kind of, I mean, you. I would think, hope. I would hope that in the future on Anchor, I would, I would put one asset in. It would do all the conversions for me, 
and then say, okay, um, unstake 21 days. Okay. And it would tell me the price. Do you want to unstake now? You're going to get this back in 21 days. Or if you want to unstake over 21 days, you're going to get this much back. If you want to unstake now, it's going to be, you know, this much less. And I do the math in my head. I feel like a lot of people kind of like leave out a lot of that stuff on purpose because they want people to give them money. <laughs> kind of like the credit card companies. I feel like there's a lot of fine print in DeFi right now. And I can't tell if it's just, they just, it's kind of like incompetence. They don't know to, to explain it better. And they think it's super e like easy to understand. They don't understand how normal people read stuff. Cause like the anchor site's really pretty and nice and like clean. And, but there's not a lot of, details about you know explaining stuff like just a step-by-step -step process um like i feel like it just you know when luna one luna costs well, like 13 or 14 dollars right now and so i just happened to look at it and say oh wow that's they're they're that's four that's four luna less if i burn it right now how much is luna and i went to i was like oh my god that's 50 dollars okay so obviously i don't want to do that I would say Anchor needs a lot of work. If you have a lot of money or if you have money that you just don't care about and you just want to test it out and you want to get 20% um, on your on your stable coin, I say it's, you know, 20% solid. Do it, you know. It, that part's very easy. Staking UST, very simple. Unstake, you know, easy, simple. Um, the bonding stuff, borrowing against it, that gets very confusing and I don't know how that's going to hold up over time. So just be careful with that if you do that, if you try that. You know what? I think that's good. That's my experience. I was going to shit talk Bitcoin. You know, I'll shit talk Bitcoin for five minutes. What's going on with those guys? There was this huge push of misinformation over the last week. You know, saying Bitcoin's good for clean energy, it's good for the planet, blah, blah. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of the whole thing. And, and so I've been, I have a pinned post of just like, yeah, it's like if everyone starts shitting in the street, that'll be good for street cleaning. Great. Versus just everyone pooping inside their house and not needing to spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on street, street cleaning. Like if everybody's, it's the whole thing of like, just clean up after yourself so we don't have to spend ungodly amounts of money cleaning up after you, you know, having this the city clean up after us. It's a very entitled approach. It reminds me of the 50s. Like there's that great scene in Mad Men where they're out at a picnic, Don and his wife and the kids and everything, and he gets up and he shakes all the trash off his blanket and just walks away. And all this trash is just littering the park. With the idea that, oh, we pay our taxes, somebody will clean that up for us. And it's just like, just clean it up so we all don't have to clean up after you. But So I, I was like, what's up with this big push? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's Earth Day. Why are they doing this on Earth Day of all days? Anybody who can use the internet can see that the majority of Bitcoin mining is done with fossil fuels. The majority, 
everywhere. Like that's, and no one's presented any data to, to refute that. They, they, they say it's not true, but they, they, they conveniently are unable to provide any data. But why would you do that on Earth Day when everyone is so concerned about the planet? Why would you make this big disinformation push? It, that just doesn't make sense to me. In my mind, it's just like, everyone's worried about the environment. Just keep your mouth shut for a week. Why is that so hard? Just one week off. Don't don't spread your misinformation. Just leave it alone. Let, you know, I don't want to give them advice because I don't want to help them. Um, I'm happy they did it because it just made everyone very, very apparent about how much they're lying. Um, and last thing, Nathaniel Popper, dude is my new favorite person. I, I hope he's not like a Nazi or something <laughs> because I just like his tweet and maybe I shouldn't call him my favorite person. But Nathaniel Popper, amazing tweet. Found this information from Coin Center where they sent out a call for an economist willing to study Bitcoin's energy energy usage and issue a report that would, quote unquote, offer justification for the energy expenditure. <laughs> so if you're young, if you're younger than me, you're not going to you're probably not going to know about this. But in the 70s and in the nine, So in the 70s and the 90s. In the 70s, the oil companies did a, did a scientific study and found out that burning fossil fuels was disastrous for the planet. Their study. And it just came to light like in the last year. They found the studies and they said, oh, well, they've known about this since the 70s. But what they did instead was started a misinformation campaign. You know, just saying it was all a lie that global warming was a hoax that you know burning fossil fuels isn't bad for the planet they started hiring these fake scientists or real scientists who were willing to go against everything they're taught to do as scientists and lie for these companies and just spread their narrative and they took the original report that they knew was true and they just put it in a drawer and hoped no one would ever find it and then Big Tobacco went in front of Congress in the 90s and stood with their hands raised, even though they had tons of their own actual scientific studies that proved that nicotine was, was addictive. Nicotine was addictive and it caused lung cancer and all these and emphysema and all this horrible, horrible shit. They knew that and they went in front of Congress. They had the report. They put that in a drawer they went in front of Congress and lied and said nicotine is not addictive. Cigarettes aren't bad. Cigarettes are actually good for you. And they and they continued to hire doctors, you know, fake doctors, real doctors who were willing to put all their moral and ethics aside and lie and say smoking isn't bad for you and smoking isn't addictive. So taking a page from Big Oil and Big Tobacco, Coin Center, which is like a, an investment company that deals with blockchain and Bitcoin, they're now looking for economists to confirm that Bitcoin is good for, for, uh, good for the planet, that the amount of energy Bitcoin uses is actually a good thing. And so someone re re replied to them immediately and says, 
Judging from the three points you listed, oh, so in their in their first email, they sent out this email, and uh, it said, uh, "We're looking for a well-credentialed energy economist or similar expert from whom we may be able to commission a well-sourced report on Bitcoin's energy use, including one, address factual inaccuracies in how some have calculated the current energy use, and offer a correct estimation. Two." Offer justification for the energy expenditure, especially relative to existing money systems or data processing. That one's amazing. That one, I love that one. So the latest, the latest information I'm able to find is that there are one million active Bitcoin addresses. That's it. There's like 35 million addresses, but only a million of them are actually active. Meaning that no one that we really have like about a million people who who use Bitcoin on a daily basis, and they want to compare that with the seven billion people who use the financial system and say, "See, the million people that use Bitcoin are are using just as much energy as that as that dirty financial system that seven billion people use." Okay, back to it. Three. Explain that long-term incentives are for miners to find more efficient energy sources, thus developing those sources. I have never heard of a miner building an energy source. So spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on miners, and then turning around and spending tens of million dollars on a solar plant to for the energy to run those miners. No, <laughs> they spend all their money on miners and then try to go find cheap energy. They don't care and they don't care what kind of energy it is. They just want the cheapest energy. So someone replied to them and this is, this is excellent. Judging from the three points you listed in your email, it appears that you already know what the answer should be before you hire an expert to perform an unbiased analysis and report their findings to all. It seems to me that the industry should study the pros and cons of mining, including energy usage, and let the chips fall where they may. I don't own any significant number of Bitcoins, but I am a huge supporter of the innovation and feel that it is important that we find the best use case for it, which requires an honest assessment of the mining and energy usage costs. Yes. But at this point, people are so invested, like Coin Center, their entire business model revolves around the success of Bitcoin, that they will do anything to lie and misinform about Bitcoin. And there's these articles going around, and I'm going to say his name because he's the one putting them out there. Nick Carter, he keeps on spreading his 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 quote-unquote articles as proof that Bitcoin is good for humanity and good for the planet. And I want to remind people, you got to look first off where the person who wrote it works. Nick Carter just happens to work for a VC. He's a VC partner of a Bitcoin company that you know deals with Bitcoin. Their whole business model revolves around Bitcoin and blockchain. And you also have to look at every single one of his Coindesk articles, quote-unquote articles, right at the top, right beneath the title, 
in a big yellow box, opinion. This was a big problem five, ten years ago, five years ago, where they were testing children to see if they could decipher the difference between an ad and an actual article. Because magazines and advertising companies were becoming so deceiving, they were creating ads that, that looked just like articles. And because children weren't being taught to decipher the difference between the two, they were reading these ads thinking they were actually scientific articles and, and reciting them as proof of something. And this obviously horrified parents and teachers and, and anybody who, who is worried about intelligent people taking over the country eventually. So they enacted laws that said you have to put this is an ad in big bold letters. So on Coindesk, which is a junk, which is a junk website, you know, they're they're all I don't know, I'm not gonna say all, but like their main couple people are all all Bitcoiners and they're pretty vocal about it on Twitter. So I'm not I'm not like spilling any secrets, I don't think. They don't have any journalistic um, like rules they have to follow, like right because it's just the internet. They're they're more or less just a blog. Like they're a, a blog. Of, they're like they're like a hobby blog. They're like Ars Technica, but Ars Technica tries to maintain some kind of journalistic integrity. CoinDesk not so much because. Where, where Ars Technica is about just science and math and, and technology, Coindesk is about Bitcoin succeeding. Because a lot of these people have are in the mindset that if Bitcoin doesn't succeed, if something overtakes Bitcoin, the whole thing is going to collapse. So I think in their mind, they have so much money tied up in the success of Bitcoin that they just don't really care about journalistic integrity. They don't care about doing research. They don't care about interviewing people. I mean, the amount of journalists who are quoting Nick Carter saying that he explained to them how Bitcoin works and how it's good for the planet because they don't know any better. And for some reason, they didn't do their research and their backstories on, you know, their their research on Nick. You know, and I don't want to look, I mean, I don't have a problem with Coindesk or Nick or even Coin Center being dishonest. At least Nick puts opinion underneath his underneath the title of his of his opinion pieces. So, anytime somebody puts opinion, you should never even remotely take it as fact. You should take every single thing they say with a grain of salt. But Coin Center is being extremely dishonest. And they're pulling the big tobacco and big oil play. And those scams really hurt our, 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 not only our country, but our planet. You know, millions and millions and millions of people died from cigarettes. And we have an entire generation of kids growing up with, with asthma because of poor air quality in this country. Because people just, you know, kept on thinking that, oh, it's fine, doesn't matter. We can keep driving our cars and we can keep getting five miles per gallon in our big SUVs or whatever, 10 miles per gallon. It doesn't matter. Whereas the rest of the world, like Europe especially, they have massively high cafe standards. 
you know, like 40, 50 miles per gallon. So I hope people understand that if you're a Bitcoiner, yeah, read Nick's stuff. It's entertaining. He's preaching to the choir. He's lying to the choir. But the choir are all liars too. They know it. They, they know that the planet's burning. Finally, finally somebody on Twitter acknowledges like, I don't care where the energy comes from. Great. Let the sea, let the oceans burn. Let the he goes. Let the oceans boil. You'll be the first person I throw in. And I'm like, thank you for being honest. <laughs> thank you. Good luck with that. You know, I don't look. You do you, but don't try to lie about it. So, please understand. Please understand how science works. Science works by having a theory, testing that theory, taking the results and sharing them with other scientists and letting them recreate the experiment. And if they all get the same results and more and more people start testing it and testing it and testing it and everybody gets the same results, then people can kind of live by that at that point. That's kind of like a theory at that point. But if you make a claim that... I did all this research and then you conveniently don't have the research to share with us. If somebody says that to you, if somebody says it makes all these claims, but they don't have any data to give to you. That's a pretty good indicator. They're fucking lying to you. <laughs> They're trying to sell you something that you should not be buying. All right. Because the long-term viability of Bitcoin does not look good at its current rate of energy usage we're not producing that much clean energy at at any kind of rate of, of the, the growth of Bitcoin. So we're getting dangerously close to, you know, Bitcoin needing like 100% fossil fuels at this point. Because all they're doing is sucking up all the clean energy, clean energy that, that we invested in as communities. They come in, suck all that up, and we're left burning our own fossil fuel, like burning fossil fuels to, to, you know, power our computers or whatever. So just be careful. You know, everything I say, go look it up. And if you have a question, if you're not sure about a resource, reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to fact check it for you and then share every single step along the way of what I do and why and where and how I got to where I got. You know, I click on every single link in every single article and I just go down that rabbit hole and I find out where the original piece of information came from because I have no fucking life. But not everybody has that has the has the ability to do that. And I understand that. I will do that for you. So send me stuff and I'll fact check it for you. Um all right, that's it. Stay safe out there. If we do have a correction for a few months, you know, don't freak out. Evaluate your portfolio. What are what in your portfolio are you are you freaking out about? Maybe that shouldn't be in your portfolio. Maybe. You know, evaluate it. Think about it. Bear markets or corrections are amazing times to think about what you want to be invested in and what you want to do with your life and, 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 you know, the stress you... Like, look, the last bear market, I was stressed out because I had some stuff. So I kind of made the vow of 
you know, the next bear market, because there's going to be a next bear market. The next bear market, I'm going to only be in stuff that I can just f- turn it all off for a year and just enjoy my life. Go surfing or something like that or, you know, whatever. You know, keep working at the cafe or the bar because <laughs> that's what I'll be doing. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there. Enjoy your life. <laughs>